A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast. Feed on Kevin. For another edition of Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the Java Sail Barge of our party, the Bright Tree Village of our Ewok Adventures. This is the big show, and uh, I'm uh, joined, luckily, by both of my co pilots for this adventure Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Lend. I like imagining that I'm a co pilot in Bright Tree Village. So that means <laughs> I'm right. drinking and partying. <laughs> Yeah. Yub nub indeed. Yes, <laughs> yub nub. I like this. Jennifer, you understand the yub nub life? Oh, I do. <laughs> I uh, am an Ewok through and through. Yeah, absolutely. Sticks and rocks at people. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I wish I wish we were video recording because last week uh, Jennifer winked at us. Yep. And this week she drifted off into uh, envisioning throwing rocks at people from it, yeah, a, a high in a tree. A place of great justice where she was doling it out with a sharp little spear. <laughs> oh boy. Love it. Love it. Well, What's on today's on? show, uh, we are going to explore those little areas of the Star Wars galaxy that have yet to be explained or that we want to be explained and addressing the big question. Joseph, of what are the Star Wars stories yet to be told 
and how should the anthology films really, really work? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's kind of the big question right now in Star Wars land is Rogue One is coming out and it's going to establish exactly how much financially Disney and Lucasfilm can tell stories of the odd little corners of Star Wars in film. We don't know what the 2020 movie is going to be. Mm -hmm. It's possible that they still haven't decided because they're waiting to see the reaction to Rogue One. Yeah. So on the one hand, there's a big question of, what should the anthology movies be, which to me are at this point a, a question of story, but also a question of marketing and a question of demographics. Yeah. Unfortunately, because a movie needs to make a lot of money, especially a Star Wars movie, in order to keep existing. So, But we also have this rich field of comics and mm. books and I'm sure... Coloring just, uh, books. Coloring too. books, yeah, yeah. Just images randomly projected on walls. <laughs> that, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anything, any way a story can be told. Oral tradition, I'm yeah. sure you could pay to just have an old person tell you a new Star Wars story. <laughs> I like that. Hey, George, uh, can you just tell me your episode seven? <gasps> oh, my God. He would make so much money if it was just like an old school hotline. And it was like 1-800-George-tells-you-his-episode-7. Oh, what if oh George did like a tour of like speaking engagements where you could pay like 10 bucks or 50 bucks or 100 bucks, go to a theater, and he just gets up there and with visual aids, tells his episode 7, 8, and uh, 9 stories. Or better, like a hologram of him. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I would love that. Yeah. Pocket George. I could like bring out a little hologram of, tell me a story, George. And this, is, uh, this is where the new twins, uh, they, uh, they went to Tatooine. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't have any uh, designers working with me, so here's a drawing I made on a napkin <laughs> of the new ship. I would, yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, there we, we go. That's what we want. That's and what episode over. Yeah. Uh, no, no, we wanted to talk about a little bit of what Star Wars stories we want to tell, yeah. and, and then maybe also kind of think about, well, when, wh- which medium do they belong in? Yeah. Because some of them are not a good idea to be anthology movies. Right, correct. Where I think Rogue One is the perfect one to start, because yeah. that took a little section, I've said this before, I'm sure, but it took a little section, literally in the opening crawl, and it said, there's between those lines, there's, mm. a, there's a story there. Yeah, and that's uh, I, I I do baffle though you know all the the problems of I, I had last episode with the Rogue One trailer and all the stuff and I, I keep saying I love the movie I love the movie I do take issue with people who are like I don't, this doesn't seem like a good Star Wars story like yeah. what are you talking about it's one of the most important Star Wars stories yeah it's important in the events and it's yeah. important I'm feeling like we're gonna get to see how yeah. do people feel about having no Jedi yeah mm. that's such an important part of like the thematics important part of, of the time. Star Wars yeah. so that's a great start to the anthology movies for me but then the, the Han Solo one doesn't seem to have that kind of importance in the Star Wars story it's just important characters having new adventures yeah. and that's a different kind of anthology movie hmm. so I don't know what makes a good one in your guys's head a good standalone a good standalone film? film yeah this is I think that that's why Rogue One is so important is because it's gonna it's gonna tell how people react to you know these these characters that they don't really know of especially the general public you know yeah we know that the numbers are not going to be like the force awakens but as long as it does well i think they'll feel more comfortable taking risks and stepping away from the Mm. han solos and lando calrissians right so i feel like so that being said i would like to see brand new characters i know we've talked about Mm -hmm. Mm one obviously but just and maybe even not even in this existing time like in a totally different part of the galaxy because mm. and see this is my problem as a fan is I have not kept up with the book so I, I know that they're filling in a lot of things sure. I almost wonder if it's going to become a little bit too crowded it's getting a little crowded just timeline wise for some of the characters for some of the major characters for sure right so then would they have to like yeah. jump really far ahead or really far in the past mm. yeah I think it's about moving to the side and I think that's yeah. what people want to do and that's I think what George uh, initially pitched right. uh, mm-hmm. when Disney called 1-800-WE-WANNA-BUY-STAR-WARS uh, <laughs> that this is such a, you can tell all these little stories everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we all got really excited about that and then the financial reality of a movie still needs to seem like an event yeah. in order for you to sell it. You, you can't right now just be like, here's, like we were pitching last week, a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Star Wars, that's too far out there. So I think they need to feel like events, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think means going to different parts of the galaxy mm-hmm. that we haven't uh, seen before, inventing new characters, and just trying to construct stories that are super important to that character, and not an adventure of the week. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you like, this is the most important thing that has ever happened to this character. Mm-hmm. Like, just kind of classic good storytelling. It's still mm-hmm. hard to sell. Right. Yeah. But... 
you know, even a movie like Deadpool, which was a surprise hit, there's there's nothing at stake uh, that affects the world. It's just this is really important. These moments are important to this character. Mm-hmm. Right. And it successfully told that story. And we're getting to that point in superhero movies that we do get to have fun playing in any part of the sandbox as long as it's important to that character. Right. And I really hope that we get to that point with Star Wars. In the Han Solo movie might be that for me. You know, yeah. important to that character. I can't think of anything that's going to come out of that movie that's going to affect the main story yet. I mean, exactly. it possibly could. But like, you know, the anthology standalone films that we're calling them and they're outside the main storyline. Rogue One, to me, is very much in the main storyline. Absolutely. Yeah. It literally leads up to episode four. So it's it's kind of a cheat in a way to say it's a standalone Star Wars story. It's definitely an anthology film. But uh, so the Han Solo one might be that. It yeah. could be a different tone, way different tone. Uh, I don't want a Boba Fett movie. No. I think we've all agreed as Star Wars fans <laughs> collectively. No. No. The no. only reason I don't want a Boba Fett movie is because I think it locks us into we must have a big fan favorite. And yeah. I think that uh, leads to boring storytelling. Right. Yes. Instead of, in, like you were saying, Jennifer, inventing a new character on a new planet and mm-hmm. finding out all these cool new things mm-hmm. Yeah, that we always have to be tied to a Boba Fett. Yeah. Can I ask you guys a, a mm. kind of side question? Like thinking about how committed fans are to the canon, mm. thinking ahead like 10 years from now where they're still doing Star Wars movies. I mean, they're not going to be able to, it's going to become so overwhelming the canon. Do you think there'll become a point where people are just like, I don't know where it fits, but I just want to go see it. Or do you think that we'll always have that kind of like, oh no, I know that this falls during this time and that doesn't, that's going to conflict or, you know what I mean? I, I think we're in an era where everything has to matter now. Um, again, we grew up without that word canon. Right. Um, it makes sense. And the expanded universe kind of got too muddled. It was what it was. It was a big muddled mess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're always going to have to have where does it go? Where does it fit? But I wouldn't mind so much some stories being so far out from the main thing. You know, right. um, yeah. Yeah. reading the Ahsoka book and there's a, an imperial invasion, and which is, was part of their... Uh, post galactic, uh, you know, forming the galactic empire. So maybe there was a, a planet that resisted and they weren't the rebels. Yeah. But they were a planet that resisted or something, you know, right. uh, things like that. Yeah. I wouldn't mind just not having to worry. Is that guy, did he go on to work for this dude or no, yeah, he's just exactly. this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't want all the movies to just be maybe that's Snoke, right? We don't <laughs> want it to be uh, everyone to be a, like a Snoke uh, yeah. uh, mystery right. box. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that I think what it comes down to to me is, of course, narratively, what sounds best is mm-hmm. different genres, different places. That's what's worked for uh, Marvel mm-hmm. and for superhero movies in general. They are staying fresh because people are doing different takes on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange uh, opened up a whole different part mm-hmm. of the Marvel world. The Logan trailer looks like it's going to be a movie about a sad old man dealing with mortality. Yay, superheroes. Biff, pow, mortality. Like, so they're exploring different things. And Mm -hmm. the question to me is, can Star Wars get away from the canon lock that it's in now, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. Jennifer, and go to telling really different kind of stories so we still feel like we're in Star Wars, but we're seeing something we've never seen before. Right. Yeah. 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 so what are some of our stories that we want yeah, to hear? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'll start with one because yeah. it's one that I think will never be a film. Can't be a film. I mean, it could be a film. No, no, it sounds like a challenge. Uh, but in, in the canon wipe, I think something, a fun, significant thing that has been lost from our, a main character's story is how Anakin, A, got his scar on his face mm-hmm. and what his Jedi trial was to become a Jedi. So right. those things were both covered in the original Clone Wars mm-hmm. animation. Uh, Gennady Dartovsky, did mm-hmm. I say that right? And uh, I got Samurai right. Jack guy. Samurai yeah, Jack exactly. guy. I, I think I used a lot of the syllables that are in the gentleman's <laughs> name, and I think because I was stupid and didn't write it down, I, yeah. I probably made some mistakes, and I apologize for that. But So that was a part of that story. Mm-hmm. I, I still that. like that that uh, cartoon but it doesn't feel like star wars as we know it now because it is so stylistically yeah, different yeah. Mm-hmm. but that's to me that's huge yeah after all of obi-wan's teachings after all of the questions of the danger of the chosen one what trial did he pass yeah did he get the scar in that trial did asajj ventress still give him the scar who did like that's a fascinating yeah. bit 
mm. yeah. of story to me. And that would be to me, is it a short story? Could there, you know, there could be before the Awakening was such a good book with little short stories. I wouldn't mind like a anthology of Star Wars story, new Star Wars stories coming out. Yeah, give, give me a 50, cool. 50 page story of Anakin getting his scar. Right, not trying to blow it up to more than what it is. Yeah, but just little anthologies with some of these moments. Yeah, mm. tales of the new galaxy. You know, yeah, that could work. That could fit in nicely for that. Uh, I don't. That could be a comic series as well, too. For sure, Marvel's yeah. doing a great job. I, I sometimes poke fun at the whale ships and <laughs> Silo and all those things, but they're doing a great job presenting and trying new things. The Obi Wan and Anakin comic series wasn't one of my favorite ones, and it didn't succeed. I don't think. I think it's one of Marvel's one of the le- least successful. Just financially, uh, I, I mean, it just didn't wasn't well received. Okay. It wasn't oh. talked about. Um, but it was a good shot. And I, th- I actually would, if they're like, hey, we're going to do it again, but five more years in advance, because uh, I think Ob- uh, Anakin was like 12 or 13 or 14 or something in that story. It was okay. like early adventures. It just went to a weird spot. Um, but that makes sense to me. Those stories would fit into that. Yeah. I'm almost more interest- interested and intrigued by these non-movie stories that we could tell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because you could make Star Wars, Anakin Scar, a Star Wars story <laughs> with Hayden Christensen. But I don't think they're going to do that in any, do in that. any time period. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's, there was blank spots with the main characters that yeah. I think sometimes it's because the canon wipe and other times just, well, we never got to do that little one. So that, yeah. that's one of mine. Uh, Ken, do you have, have um, a Star Wars story you want to tell? Yeah, I do. There's a, there's a couple different ones Uh here and one just was in my head and it drew, I drew a blank on it as I was about to say it. So I'm going to go to the second one. I think we talk, we hear a lot about Netflix and, and hey, could we do a short run Star Wars series, an HBO type series? Everyone yeah. wants that. Yep. Marvel's killing it in that too on Netflix. Um, yep. I think the story that we need to retell and firm up and make canonized uh, is about Darth Plagueis the Wise. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. So if you could bring Lucino back, I don't want it in book form. I think you could get it, uh, you know, maybe you couldn't cast Ian McDiarmid. That'd probably be the, the biggest obstacle is casting a young emperor. But hey, I'm open to it. Oh, I got casting for that. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll team up on this then. Um, so <laughs> I, I would, uh, I'd like to see a 10-part series of Darth Plagueis his apprentice Palpatine, and what really happened yeah. during oh, that time. That's so good. Yeah, that, yeah that's a it. huge amount of canon that can also like uh, uh, tell tell us about a little bit more about the way the Force works, and if it's a little bit more of a, a Netflix show right. where they have some time to do it. But my casting for that is uh, Arthur Darville, who played Rory on Doctor Who mm. and is the lead on Legends of Tomorrow, the DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Oh. He's got He's a phenomenal actor, and he's got the right look to okay. be Emperor Palpatine. Okay, go picture. Yeah, exactly. We got go picture. Oh, all we, we have done. to do is write this, Joseph. <laughs> That's all uh, we have to do. We just, we just have to come up with this idea. Get That's all. That. Let's talk off air. Absolutely. <laughs> I we'll, have an idea. We'll write it up real quick. <laughs> and I'll call 1-800-ARTHUR-DARVILLE. Yeah. And I'm sure he'll be right there. Oh, uh, so that yeah, that's something I'd like to see. Question uh, for you: Yeah, would you want it full House of Cards style, where uh, Plagueis or Palpatine turn to the camera and tell you what they're thinking? <laughs> oh. No, oh, no. But if Jar Jar showed up and said, "Here's a what's going on," um, maybe I'd be okay with that. Previously, um, but make it dark, make it, make it, make it bad, make it. Uh, you know, it uh, it ends with the rise of. Palpitate. That would be yeah. great. I'm okay with that. Make have the room to be make the politics truly uh, fascinating yeah, and, and could, painful mm-hmm. and personal. And right. much like the book Plagueis did, I mean, it goes in like you know, I've, I've, I'm not the only one that's thought this. I was watching some YouTube video the other day, and and they they reference the book and they get, hey, it actually makes Phantom Menace a good movie in some ways because Plagueis the book goes through Phantom Menace from another angle. There's still, you and I will argue to the, our dying days and try to drag <laughs> Jennifer with us, Joseph, that there's some of the politics and the story of the prequels are needed and they're important to the Star Wars story and yeah. the Star Wars universe. That's what George was trying to tell. Right. So I think you could dive into that. Yeah, it's a great example of somebody coming along and uh, the, the sort of rough ideas that aren't presented well in Phantom Menace is laying out like, but here's why they're actually awesome ideas. And mm-hmm. if you fill in these back, yeah, so that would be great to get that whole story back 
into canon. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a good one. How about you, Jennifer? Good. Wow. I love those questions being um, answered. What I think I want to see and what somebody else I've noticed a couple of people online this past week wanted to see as well is a mother-daughter relationship. Yeah. We're dealing with, you know, fathers and their Mm -hmm. kids and, you know, that's great. But I think, and I'm not just talking about Star Wars. I'm talking about Disney. Like the mother, even Mm. from Bambi, gets killed, (laughs) you know, right off the bat. Yeah. It's like, hey, wait a minute. As a mom, I kind of take offense to that. (laughs) Understandably Um, so. So I think that that would be really great to see. Have the mother be Mm. like somebody who said, well, why couldn't the mom have been the scientist? You know, Mm -hmm. Galen Mm -hmm. Erso. Why couldn't it have been his wife, Lyra, that was the one? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Like having the mom be in a position of power and her daughter is maybe like, you know, in her teens or she's a 20-something. They come together to fight. I don't have any specific idea at this yeah. point. Yeah. I just want to see that. But just when we're talking about like different stories, and on the one hand we're saying like, oh man, everything's closed in, there's too much canon. And mm-hmm. then an idea like that is like, uh, yeah, well you've never talked about one of the most fundamental relationships in all of uh, human existence. There's never, the there's never been a Star Wars story about that. Yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. that that's a great way to illustrate like Right. There's plenty of stories to be told in primal, important ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, who knows what Catalyst will will do with that? Because I'm I'm assuming that Lyra gets killed. I'm, I, yeah, I am too, and I think yeah. that's and that's a good point when you're when you're a storyteller in these in these modern times where the audiences are quickly demanding more or demanding different things is to uh, look right away. Oh, Mads, Mads is great. He's, I'm sure he's going to be great as a father. But yeah, you know, why does the Bambi the Bambi mother trope? That's a good idea. You've just really <laughs> tapped into something. That needs to change. That that could be very interesting to to find out. Like, uh, is it someone who, you know, rose in the the empires? Is it someone who rose in the right. rebellion? Someone in the old republic? You could you could go through some, some yeah. great stories exploring uh, the the mother the mother and child reunion is I only think, a lightsaber away. That right. is a great uh, point, Jennifer. There's the whole girl in the fridge. We have that a name for that trope mm-hmm. where a woman, usually a girlfriend or wife, is killed to motivate mm-hmm. the 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 dude. Maybe it would, maybe things should be a hashtag Bambi's mom. Like you, Bambi's mom to this character. That's right. I mean, it's it's funny, but yeah. it's also a, you know I think a great observation. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't want to be like, well, we need it because you just haven't done it. Like you know, people say, well, diversity for diversity's sake. It's mm-hmm. not about that. It's about like the reason why George used these relate these familial relationships is because these are the relationships that create who we who we are. They mm-hmm. shape us. They they um yeah they build our relationships in the future. So I think that it's so important. And yeah, now that I'm a mom, I want to see that. So. Well, it's, it's important as, as more and more voices uh, cry out to tell their stories and now getting more of their chance to tell the stories. It's like I would say, the manic pixie dream girl exists in movies because most of the writers are lonely white dudes who couldn't get the girls. So they wrote the girls into scripts and that was that's became the problem. So um, uh, you're looking at you, Cameron Crowe. But um, though you did get Nancy Wilson, what's your problem? Um, so now as, as you know, it's going to come from a, a male point of view for the most of the storytelling now. Now, if that changes, you'll have someone who is like, no, I want to explore the relationship with my mother, but with lightsabers and blasters. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's, a, that's a good thing. And that's something I wouldn't have thought that. You know, I, I don't have children. I have a PS4. So um, <laughs> that's important. I think that's a good story. And you know who should direct it? Right. Ava DuVernay. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I, was, great. I was thinking of George Lucas. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, my goodness. Um, yeah. more? You can have some more? input. Yeah. Well, this is kind of a mother's story in a very, very twisted way. Okay. Uh, I really loved the developing story in the Clone Wars of Aura Singh sort of becoming a parental figure to Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. An awful yes, yes. parental figure. <laughs> <laughs> but certainly just by like age and experience, right. a little bit of a parental figure where, uh, you know, all of the w- very twisted themes of uh, child and parent in Star mm-hmm. Wars, the clone, the idea that Jango Fett would say, the perfect child is an exact duplicate of myself. <laughs> like, that's fascinating storytelling to me Adulted. in terms of what does it mean to be a parent? Right. Yes. Am I creating the next, you know, step in evolution or am I creating an exact duplicate of right. myself? Yeah. There's yeah. some parents that do that. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I, now, I am not a parent, it's but creepy. I have uh, been around many of my friends who are being poured into the mold 
of, you know, go do the thing that either I did or I yeah. couldn't do. Oh, sure. Yeah. So yeah. to get, I would love a Boba Fett story that dealt with a little bit of that part of it. Of That's great. What did Jango Fett expect of Boba Fett? What mm-hmm. did he want? Did he want to take a bunch of money from the clone army assignment and retire with him? Yeah. It, would Jango Fett be bummed that he's running around in Mandalorian armor as the most famous bounty hunter in the galaxy? Right. Is that not what he wanted for him? But, but then I look at the Attack of the Clones moment where that great fight scene, which is oh, one, yeah. of, one of the better things. Boba, right? He's shooting at Obi Wan, yeah, like and laughing. Right. Hey, <laughs> and Jango Fett is like thumbs up. Thumbs that's why. That's yeah. how we Good do job, it, right? kid. That's right. Yeah. We so, shoot down so... people with bad hair in space. That's <laughs> yeah. the way we do it. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> there's something, and then what? Yeah, Orsing's involved. And then Orsing comes yeah. in, yeah. and is uh, a parent figure. And I love how she's presented in Clone Wars, where there's there's no remorse, there's no good mm. side. She is just bad. awful. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that would be a bad parenting story. But I like that too. You know, they don't have to all be nurturing kind of that type of stereotype. It would be great to have her be an yeah. anti-hero. Yeah, bad, yeah. bad parenting is, is a story to tell. <laughs> That's it very really real. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Great. Yeah, and, and I think a, a, an untold story like that had potential. Mm-hmm. That was really interesting to what I think I am interested, not probably in a movie of that, mm-hmm. but certainly a comic book or a book yeah. of Boba Fett's formative years traveling around with bad mom or a sing. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I, I thought about. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The story I was, was going to tell oh, awesome. earlier here. Um, and and I, I don't think any of us are pitching movies. Um, <laughs> um, I'm fascinated with Order 66. Uh, I love the things. I love when the Clone Wars talks about what caused it, how the how the clones had the implants. I love that explanation. Uh, I love the Ahsoka book, how it deals with the void after that, and what it felt like to be a Jedi or a Force sensitive person post purge. Um, I love the Kanan comic. 
which starts with Order 66 and how his uh, his his master, uh, Bilaba, doesn't survive, oh, but yeah. he does and, and how he goes through. So I would like to see more of that. And there's more Jedi out there that we clearly didn't get to see destroyed. So I'd like to see, one, a situation, I don't know the planet, I don't know exactly where, um, where the clones turn on their master, but the master senses it, survives, and turns into a Jedi versus clones Rambo First Blood-esque movie. Oh, wow. Where it's him against his clones. That's amazing. And, And how, like... How he has to deal with these guys who he loved and treated as brothers who are now trying to kill him and he's on his own with nothing but the Force, the lightsaber, and now the void of the Force. And now maybe he's dealing with the, uh, what else is happening? This can't be just me going on. That's and, amazing. That so and how it ends, I don't know. Maybe he survives. Maybe he accepts his death. Maybe he kills all the clones and yeah. can't take it and kills himself. I don't know. Oh my goodness. There's a, a classic film that I'm totally spacing on the, the title of that that sounds like... It's UHF with a weird owl. <laughs> <laughs> very close. Very close. Uh, no, it's uh, about an explorer who uh, offends a, a mm. group of native people yeah. in his chase. And the whole movie is that. The not the action of mm-hmm. who is going to win, who is going to survive, but also wrestling with those moral questions of... Yeah. I don't want to be killing the people that I have to kill to survive. Yeah. And maybe it's my fault anyway that I started this off. So wrestling yeah. with those uh, emotional and psychological yeah. terrors while also. Yeah. I'd li- I could see that a book. Give yeah. Me a book. Give me a, give me a comic series maybe. But a book probably would get someone like uh, a Claudia Gray to, to really dive into what's going on. Or, yeah. or Paul S. Kemp. You know, uh, there's been so many great writers with the new Star Wars canon. Pick any one of them, I'd be happy. But yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be uh, that's that's what I wanted to tell. Yeah, awesome. Do you have more, Jennifer? I have another one. I want to see a movie about the life of a youngling. What is mm. that like for? Uh, I almost wanted like to fill that Harry Potter void that. I, well, we're gonna oh. be getting. To, you know, the group of younglings. We follow them and the sacrifices and the challenges that they mm-hmm. have, and or even like harkening back to like a never-ending story, like yeah. that kind of quality i don't know yeah i think that'd be great a magical tale well we talked last time about jedi goonies which you had talked about joseph was your your story but uh yeah you could do something in that there where it's just simply called padawan and it's uh and it's a story of uh of uh you could pick the era it doesn't have to be related to order 66 yoda doesn't have to be around maybe it's yoda's first student and he's like a hundred years old and he's uh just learning how to teach or you could touch and you could have some fun adventures within that related to the force the dark side or just some bad people bounty hunters who knows yeah mm-hmm. and you could have a lot of fun with that yeah absolutely i want a classic you got go picture too. oh yeah yes! oh i just remembered because i don't think we've talked about it uh and it came out now uh, as this is being released a while ago did you see the the trailer for the uh old republic uh, online game oh no i did not that's that's a great trailer that tells a mini story of a mom actually really i just suddenly uh remembered that oh good because we're, we're thinking about how how powerful stories are when they just have that sort of primal connection mm-hmm. i'm probably never going to play star wars old republic the online game mm-hmm. but the trailer is just this little star wars mini movie that is amazing oh, uh so yeah it. so i would mm-hmm. for sure go and check that out okay. it's really mm-hmm. great storytelling mm-hmm. um can, can we uh, do you have another one that you want to get i have to? one more yeah get yeah. to it then i have a bigger question okay yeah. cool so uh, this one came back to me that I've been thinking about earlier when you were mentioning the younglings and the Padawans. I think a character who has not got his due, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say this has got to be a novel, mm-hmm. for sure a novel, mm-hmm. Dooku. Yes. So Dooku is, gets disrespected, but he's got a, he touches so many interesting times and interesting developments. First, you get to see you start out his whole life where he's born rich. I can't remember what planet he's from, but he's, yeah. he's born royalty. So you get the story of... Uh, a youngling ripped from his family and yeah. taken by the Jedi, then he's Yoda's Padawan. Yeah. What is it like to be a teenager going around the galaxy solving problems with Yoda? Ah. Right. That's amazing. Then how does the Jedi, uh, the ways, why does he get so upset? Yeah. Is it just uh, manipulation from Palpatine or is he already upset? Yeah. And then being inside his head when he is being manipulated, and we all know like, you are incredibly powerful, you're incredibly smart and regal, and we all know that you are just being played. You are just mm-hmm. being used to poke Anakin mm-hmm. until he is evil enough to turn. Yeah. And then I'm gonna have him cut your head off. Mm. And like that there'd be just like a great tragedy to yeah. like knowing that's what is what his mindset is. Cause like yeah. I, 
I want to believe the story we've been told, too, is that he legitimately politically believes the separatist cause, which often gets written off as just like a tool. But thousands of people, millions, believe that. Believe that cause. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is almost as if he, and I've heard him described as almost the father of the rebellion. Yeah. When you flip it around and the time turns around, the movement he started, which might have been part of Palpatine's ploy, yeah. the Phantom Menace, was him creating his own opposition to put himself in a position of power. But was Dooku, did he believe it? And you saw when, when Anakin's about to kill the, the Separatists in the end. But Palpatine promised, Sidious promised us peace. He did. So at some point... Newt Gunray, though he was a uh, uh, you know Newt Gingrich Reagan uh, uh, trope for for Lucas to to take a swipe at. Yeah. Um, at some point they believed in something. Yeah. And if Dooku was her leader, and he ended up being on the right side in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, that's a fascinating story. Yeah, because even if all the separatist leaders are just about greed and wanting sure. cheaper trade and and all right. these things, uh, that there's still all these good people mm-hmm. from all of these planets who believe like, yeah, the Republic sucks. Yeah. They don't treat us well. We want to be free. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, it, it, there's so many interesting things. Yeah. Dooku. Dooku. That's it. I like it. Dooku. Count Dooku. I like it. I like it. That's some great stories. These we got a note great. here for the life of a stormtrooper in the Galactic Civil War era. We've talked about it too. Um, you know, uh, I think that's the great thing about Lost Stars is what it did is it kind of gave you the other side yeah. mm-hmm. and how one stayed and one didn't and how that, you know, again, talk about just a soldier doing his job or her job. That's that's something that's been repeated throughout history too. Yeah. You know, uh, you know uh, that's uh, there was a lot of Nazi soldiers just felt they were doing their job, and that was you know interesting. And and uh, I have my own grandfather who had to fight for the Nazis because he was forced to because he was captured as a Rus- Russian sh- uh, soldier, really, oh and was given the choice of die or fight. So oh. could you could there be something in that? Oh yeah, somebody you know? kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. something yeah. in the story, and and you know Biggs was. Joining the he, Imperial Academy. Yeah, Luke wanted to go to the Luke Academy. Luke wanted to right. go. Mm-hmm. Wedge, as we now know, started there. So did Hobby. Thanks, Rebels. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe Han, we'll see. Maybe in, Han. In new canon. Uh, where yeah. did he get those pants? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know We know from our, the new era we're in, we know how Finn feels. Yeah. So much great development of the clone troopers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in new canon, we've really been developing the stormtroopers as the sucky replacements for the clones, who everybody calls bucketheads. Yeah. Uh, and you're right, we get a little bit of it in Lost Stars, but I just start to feel bad for the rank and file stormtrooper like yeah. what were you thinking is that just what everybody did they just signed up and it's like look yeah. we're not giving you good training we're telling everybody you're fearsome so they leave you alone <laughs> but then when there's actual trouble yeah you barely can see out of your helmet you don't know how to <laughs> shoot don't, don't know to do. everybody calls you a buckethead you're just kind of useless you just <laughs> yeah. look scary uh well and and, and uh, the character riz ahmed's character bodhi bodhi rook is uh is an imperial oh right and they say right. in his description it was just a job to do mm-hmm. it was just something so there's definitely some stories there to be told too there's Absolutely. a lot of stories, guys. I think lot. we did a good creative roundtable. These ideas are ours and are officially trademarked now. Exactly. <laughs> you need to pay us the money when <laughs> Disney listens. So I'm sure Disney has built like an actual droid. Yeah. A little astromech droid that listens to all the podcasts. <laughs> I like that, actually. Uh, yeah. Um, so, hey, out there, if you're listening and you have a Star Wars story that you want to see told or have a response to some of, some of ours... Uh, go to the Facebook page. Twitter is there as well at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. But I feel these are going to be a little bit more longer responses, more thoughtful, more than 140 characters. Go to our Facebook page, Force Center on Facebook, and write us. Leave a comment. Tell us what you think about our stories and tell us about the stories you want to hear going forward in the Star Wars galaxy. So with that, should we move on to some audience questions? Let's have some questions. Excellent. So our first question comes from Leanne Jones at Leanne CG. And she asks a nice practical question. Sometimes you ask the big questions and sometimes you get yeah. down to the nitty gritty. Did Luke put Vader's helmet back on for the funeral pyre? And if so, did Kylo take the skull and helmet when he found it? Well, hmm. Jennifer? Uh, I don't know. It's very grim, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that his, like we were saying, his skull would be burned yeah so that's that yeah um it'd be weird or i say weird in a cool way to think that somewhere there's a skull of vader around but that, yeah, that'd be yeah. Great. yeah the purpose of burning it would be to of course turn it to ash mm-hmm. he did put the helmet back on he either put the helmet back on or took all of vader's clothes off and just burned the armor which is right. also a weird visual uh, <laughs> huh 
Huh. True. Or yeah. maybe during the flight, Anakin disappeared into the Force. Yeah. And the body was gone. And he's burning the armor. And uh, that's true, too. Yeah. I didn't think about those. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. There's another story we can tell. Oh, there's another story. But, but yeah. yeah, but let's uh, let's assume the body's in there because everything else is weird. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Certainly put the helmet back on then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is understandable because yeah. it seems like it's sim- symbolic, both honoring and erasing, yes. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Accepting the passage. Uh, and I think that the, how Kylo got the helmet is a... Is a there's another story that I think we'll get eventually somehow. I think so. Um, yeah, right. Um, it's, it's worthy of something. But I know, too, you know, in, in the after, uh, Aftermath series, you got those acolytes who are going around. They think they have Vader's lightsaber. I think there could have been something with them. Yeah. Okay. Them being the ones, and they could turn into the Knights of Ren or have something to do with the Knights of Ren or something. I think there's something, because they keep focusing on that in the Aftermath interludes. Um, they seem to be playing some kind of important part to at least, you know, possibly the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm. But I would think that, you know, I don't think that Kylo Ren has his skull separately no. or skull lodged in. Right. I just, for myself, visually, it. I love that uh, melted helmet, and I don't want to imagine mm. you pick it up and you rattle it around, and there's, like, there's a, little, a little bone in there. Whoops. Oh, sorry. Sorry, grandfather. Right, <laughs> right. Drop your skull again. Yeah. I don't want to picture that myself yeah. personally. Love yeah. it. Great question. Yeah. Great question, Leanne. Uh, and our next question comes from Darth Vanquish, who always asks great questions. Uh, mm-hmm. At Darth Vanquish says, "How do you want Jar Jar to ultimately meet his demise in canon?" Hmm. There's oh, another deep story. <laughs> do you have Do you have an idea? Yeah, I think the the best way would be like like how Boba Fett, like just an ac- an accident, basically. <laughs> oh, like he tripped one too many times, yeah. and this one's fatal. Yeah, exactly. I think that people would go nuts. I would go nuts. Oh, that's awesome. You know, don't oh. make it some like torturous thing. Just ah. That's awesome. Does he fall off a deep place, or does he get his head cut off? No, I think he would. I think it's a fall. He, he falls. trips and he falls. Oh my god, that's yeah. an amazing. He's with Captain Tarples, and Captain Tarples is like, "Oh, Jar Jar, you fell." Oh my god! Ah! Jar-Jar. I told you, Jar Jar, be careful on the ledge. Jar Jar gone. <laughs> That's it. I love that the sweetest, (laughs) softest member of the team wants Jar Jar's death to be violent and accidental. Death by slapstick. The Jar Jar Binks story. Uh, Well, you know, it tracks. And, you know, you need that. Sometimes things are just the will of the force, right? It's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) I, I would like to see our friend Jar Jar. And Jennifer, don't throw anything at me. I know you like to throw sticks and rocks like like an Ewok. I would like to see Jar Jar after the mistake of voting in <laughs> Chancellor Palpatine to have special powers, Delo Felicates, that he um, leaves politics, or at least galactic politics, returns to his home planet of Naboo, goes back and takes over for Boss Nass. Oh it becomes gosh. Boss Jar Jar <laughs> and lives his days on that chair, um, giving out advice and fair judgments because he was treated so unfairly and harshly by his people yeah um and uh and learns about the uh, the secrets of the planet gore and uh and and, and dies with uh, surrounded by his friends and family what that's <laughs> yeah. it i'm like and then he gets betrayed and you know like oh, julius just, caesar just something. retires no he's he's holding his uh, his little grandchildren's hands right i mean <laughs> 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 all right i have a more exciting end of jar jar for you uh I want bloodshed. Is his grandchild Annie Binks? <laughs> exactly. Annie Binks. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Annie Binks. Uh, playing with the blue balls. <laughs> Surrounded by grandchildren and blue balls. He oh dies peacefully. Uh, I wow. want to believe in the redemption of Jar Jar Binks, right? Wow. So uh, the, the darkness falls. He realizes, uh, in retrospect, that he was complicit in it, certainly. Mm-hmm. Because it seems to be no secret that... The, our, our friends, the good guys, figure out, oh, Palpatine planned this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he learns, oh, man, and I helped this along the way. Uh, so I think that he gets real serious. He goes back to uh, Naboo, and he asks for training from Captain Tarpaulson. He's like, I know I'm a klutz. I know I'm terrible. Mm-hmm. But maybe if you practice with me. And I think he trains, and I think he joins the rebellion. And I think uh, I think in a, in a moment of not tripping his like one moment in life of true purpose i think he sacrifices himself in some way to the rebel cause so i think he can say to himself it's a one time misa do something 
on the purpose. <laughs> Where he knows he's not tripping like an idiot. He knows the stakes. He knows the choices. And he just steps on a mine that saves everyone. Aww. Something really just heroic. Maybe in a ship. Maybe he goes Jar Jar Binks Kazi. <laughs> And like takes out a star destroyer, an A wing or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys. Yeah. Right. Well, your nope. your your opinion is valid, Jennifer. <laughs> I think yours oh. is the most honest to the character that we've seen. <laughs> yours is I, the most likely. I've grown to like Jar Jar, so he should just end mm. his days, you know, gracefully uh, you with know. his grandchildren. You know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. I love the idea. Just there's nothing special about it. He just tripped one too many times. <laughs> that was it. Oh, Jar Jar. There's a price to pay for your Great question, Darth Vader. Absolutely. Uh, And our final question is a little bit meatier. Uh, John Minet, I do not know how to pronounce your name, and I apologize. I'm going Minet. Mm -hmm. John Minet on Facebook asks, uh, or rather says, the Sith in Jedi temples portrayed in Rebels are really crazy Inception-esque fun houses inside. I feel like it's territory that we desperately really need to explore, but might be too far out to be embraced in a saga film if they dig too deep. Would you agree? And if so, what type of anthology film or Netflix series would suit that exploration best? Mm. So a little bit of a return to our main topic mm-hmm. in a way, uh, but I think a nice specificity to that side of storytelling about the Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked a little bit about in the horror uh, episode where we talked yeah. about, hey, you know, you could have some, you know, Star Wars scary story. We're dealing with what's what people are searching for and what they find in those temples. And, you know, there's pretty scary stuff. Even I'm thinking of, of uh, the f- final Lost Clone Wars season where Yoda goes in and, and some of the things that was going on with him. And uh, what is it? Bane that shows up. Yeah. Vo- Morbend. Yeah. yeah uh, vo- voiced by Mark Hamill. There's some interesting things in there. Um Rebels seems to be really focusing on what's going on at those temples and the fact that Luke went searching for the first temple. Yeah. Um, So it's definitely important. I don't know if a Netflix series or anthology film, again, going back to our initial discussion of where's Mm -hmm. the best fit, possibly a book, but there would be cool visuals. So I don't don't know. Maybe a. (gasps) What about a game? A game? Oh, like a video game? Yeah. Oh, wow. That would be okay. great. That would be fun, right? The Secrets yeah. of the Jedi Temple. Yeah. yeah. And Just there's precedent for lots of games like that that trick you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. really don't know what's going on. There's a great video game for the GameCube called Eternal Darkness where you mm-hmm. had a sanity meter. And as you lost sanity, uh, if you didn't mm-hmm. do a spell to restore your sanity, there would be weird effects. Whoa. And that would be great because it's that oh. whole like testing your perception yeah, of reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, so. I, the the one thing I'll say is I think that the main films can get away with a little bit of that. I mean, mm-hmm. you go back to Empire Strikes Back; it's not a temple, but it's certainly a testing place right. mm-hmm. of the the cave tree. Yeah, and Luke fighting Vader and seeing his own face, and that's the kind of thing they're dealing with of like trying to show you reflections of yourself and. Uh, also Ray's force vision mm-hmm. also get into that territory. So I, I think that Star Wars has such a history of weirdness that they could go into a temple in one of the main films and take it pretty far. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be a half hour. Yeah. Um, maybe it could be on the third Blu-ray that they release. Mm. <laughs> when we get to see the bonus scene of the full Jedi Temple Deleted scene. Deleted scene of eight. You know, that reminds me of something I saw on, t- on Twitter. There was a film uh, critic, and he said that he has a friend who's working in the Star Wars world and said, remember that scene yeah. uh, with you know that, that vision and whatnot um, in Empire? He said, if you like that, it's you get just wait for episode eight. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, you know, what did you take from that? Well, you know, th- where Luke is and where Rey is and where the movie allegedly picks up if that is truly the location of a first or early jedi temple and we're also seen from that now famous instagram photo of mark uh, on the back of daisy ridley and and (laughs) he's the yoda could there not be a point where he says go in there you must Mm. yeah only taking with you what you take with you kid give me my lightsaber give me the staff yeah and go in there and figure something out and what could she learn? You know, there's stuff that, you know, it was, I think even Daisy's saying, you might soon learn who my parents are. Mm. Could it come from that? Could it be a vision of that? And could there, 
it. I can't imagine it being delivered in a nice way. No, <laughs> in a no. nice, simple way. Yeah, Good you point. know, does she get into a fist fight with uh, the emperor and the cow's pulled back and it's her face there? I don't know. <laughs> you know. So yeah, I could Good. totally, totally buy into that. And Good. the vision from Force Awakens is perhaps one of my favorite sequences of that movie. So, yeah, wow. and she's got to face uh, whatever darkness she has inside of herself, or whatever yeah. challenge she has to overcome. Because that's yeah. certainly where we are in the story. So yeah, I think we're gonna get a little bit of that. But if it went into just like absolute trippy crazy town <laughs> i think it'd be great to have uh yeah a video game or uh yeah or in, you know if we get the anthology movies that like we want and we get some young jedi stories set anywhere in the timeline that'd yeah. be great to spend a bunch yeah. of time in, in trippy jedi or sith temples good yeah question. i love that ray walks in and some hendrix starts playing yeah 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 this is my new pitch for the top of episode eight yeah very top yeah. Uh, Luke takes the lightsaber back and says thank you and Ray says who are my parents and he's like I don't, I don't know I've n- never met you before I know nothing about you go in the cave <laughs> go in the cave and find out go in the cave find out it's the cave of answers it's the, it's the parent finding out cave <laughs> gonna capture Snoke put him in there figure out what his deal is that would be awesome if he was like and you are and you are I truly know nothing you're not my daughter I, don't, I know nothing about you Oh, the question will be answered. I love it. Great question, John. Uh, Great. uh, I'm happy that you uh, went to our Facebook page. We want to grow that as well. We want to keep growing our Twitter page. It's been our big push the last month or so. Uh, After the iTunes rating and reviews, which you guys are doing so good still on that, don't forget to rate and review if you haven't already. Uh, But on Twitter, you can follow us at Force Center Pod, and we're trying to get those numbers, get over 1,500, and grow it so we can give you guys, uh, uh, communicate even more with you uh, in a direct nature with some fun pictures, little jokes and of course self-promotion for our shows because absolutely. that's how you know when they're out right? yeah exactly mm-hmm. absolutely so do that well as well follow us at Force Center Pod and Joseph locally here in Los Angeles you've got some big things coming up yeah I got a show coming up very soon it is uh, on Thursday November 10th it is at the Nerd Melt Theater it is the monthly show I do with my friend Hal Lublin uh, who you might know from many things he's done some uh uh, great voice work. He's a star of the Thrilling Adventure Hour podcast. Uh, so the show I do with him is called Head Cannon. Ken has been on it. Yeah. I would love to get Jennifer on the show sometime oh, wow. if she would like to be on the show. Sure. Uh, it is a comedy game show where we ask people weird questions about pop culture, whatever's going on, and they give us funny answers. Sometimes they even sing. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, so our next one is coming up. Our guests are Janet Varney, Mike Furman, and Amber Preston, all super funny people. Janet Varney is starring in the new show, Stand Against Evil, so I'm really excited to get to meet her and ask her a bunch of weird questions <laughs> about pop culture. So you can find out all about that on my website at josephscrimshaw.com slash live dash shows. Absolutely. It's a fun time to be on. It's a fun time to watch. I've had a lot of fun watching that show as well. Jennifer, you, of course, have got a bunch of Star Wars stuff on you. YouTube, tell mm-hmm. the fine folks where they can go find it if they haven't already. Yeah, you can find my Star Wars stories on youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa or my Twitter page at Jennifer Landa. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Guys, I think we had a lot of fun today. It was a good writer's roundtable. That's right. We had some stories to work on, mm-hmm. and I think it's time that we uh, start telling uh, Star Wars novels. We start writing our Star Wars novels. That's all right. right. Force Center presents unclass- unlicensed Star Wars stories. We should Ooh. absolutely write the Force Center Choose Your Own Jar Jar Death Book. <laughs> I love it. That'd be something. <laughs> that would be fun. Oh, that's amazing. Guys, until next time, Misa, so happy you here to be uh, listening to us. Bum bad show. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.